welcome to my hippie hood. Today I'm talking to Gudren. Her mom got married in ripped jeans at a Zen Buddhist temple as the lean in and away from religion and spirituality is explored in her own hippiedom, both past and present. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and and uh, looking forward to hearing your story. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. So I would like to start by hearing the story of your name. Ah, uh, Goodren. Well, Goodren is German. And so forever people have asked me, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Although I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but I know, does that mean you speak, do you speak German? And I do not. So my mom um, was an English teacher. She taught in a college in Chicago forever, and she's always loved to read. So she got my name from Women in Love by D.H. Lawrence. Goodrin and Ursula were the two sisters in Women in Love, and um, they're both rather headstrong. And um, the book actually was banned. It was considered too risque. And um, it was written in the 1920s. And really, it was just because this uh, woman did not accept the advances of the man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, you know, it, it was basically an early feminist novel, but written by a man. How would you say that your name has informed who you are as a person today? Um, you know, I think I just felt like I was always conscious of myself, you know, um, I've always expected that question. Um, but my sister's name is Hepzibah. And I've always brought that up to be like, hey, I'm not the only one with a different name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just always aware and felt probably comfortable talking about myself, uh, I think, to a degree anyway. I've always, uh, I have my own business and I pop my middle name on my cards and my website, which is Anna, so that people know I'm a woman. (laughs) Uh So I think I'm just always trying to make other people more comfortable with my name. You know, it's, they can pronounce it really any way they want. And, um, but I like it now, you know, of course it took a long time to grow into Um, I I did try and go by Anna at one point. And then I realized that when other people named Anna were being called and I turned around, it was annoying. So that didn't last long. I would, I was fine being Goodwin, probably the beginning of, uh, beginning of high school. And so, um, so, you know, it's nice now. And I definitely chose, um, more unique names for my daughters. I, I felt like it was important to have different names. What are their names? Well, my oldest is five and her name is Cypri. And um, we got that name from Cyprian, which is technically a boy's name we heard. But then even since then, we heard it, it's pronounced Cyprian, which is like a Greek name as of Cyprus. And, um, and then we just decided because we didn't know if we were going to have a boy or girl that we would do Cypriana for a girl and then um, keep Cyprian for a boy. And then um, our next daughter is Mila. She's one. And so I don't think that's too terribly different. Yet at the same time, there are people who haven't heard of it. So definitely more of an Eastern European language name.
So take us on a little journey back in time and talk about what made your childhood a hippiehood. Ah, uh, well, I mean, we definitely grew up in cloth diapers. So <laughs> I was the fourth child out of five. Parents weren't married when I was born. I was at their wedding. I was four and a half, and they got married on April Fool's Day in a Zen Buddhist temple um, where my dad used to meditate. So, you know, that I guess is a really good start. <laughs> Feeling yeah. like you're a little different. <laughs> I think growing up in Chicago actually didn't ever make me feel too different because there's there's just so many different cultures um, to explore. And, you know, I had friends from all over. I mean, you know, growing up eating Mideastern food at my best friend's house and, you know, a friend who is Pakistani coming to school with henna tattoos and like sixth grade, you know, I mean, I think it just, everything's felt sort of normal. We definitely had kind of a role reversal a little bit anyway. I mean, both my parents worked a lot, but because my mom was a college teacher, she often had night classes. So my dad was the one who made dinner. He was more of the chef when we were younger, for sure. And so we ate a lot of meals at home. We were um, basically pescatarian. We didn't, my mom didn't allow any meat in the house. Not that we weren't allowed to eat it. We had a lot of free will. So we could eat foods that we wanted to when we were out of the house. But there, you know, my dad started cooking tofu in the 80s. And according to my older brothers, it was terrible and nobody ate it. <laughs> I don't remember too much. But, you know, again, I grew up and like that's food and that's what you eat. Mm -hmm. And I think he started making, you know, vegan baked macaroni and cheese, you know, pretty early on um, with that textured vegetable protein. And I'm sure there was nutritional yeast added. Um, and I didn't think that was anything great, but they didn't buy Kraft macaroni and cheese. You know, we didn't eat that ever. Do you remember hearing your parents like growing up, do you remember hearing stories of their desire to have more of a alternative lifestyle or any intentions or values that they were um, setting forth with? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that because my dad grew up Polish Catholic. Basically, you know, that's what you did. You were kind of, you know, forced down that road. And when he was young, I want to say around 19 or 20, he left school. He wasn't much into college and basically disappeared for a whole year. And like literally, literally his family didn't hear from him for a year as he traveled across the United States. He was born in 46. So, you know, mid sixties and, um, and, you know, I'm sure he did lots of exploring and eventually um, he came back to Chicago and um, he bought a house there in Lincoln park way before it was a bougie neighborhood. You know, I mean, we're talking about, a house way less than $20,000 that I grew up in. And, um, and it was small. And, and he, right before I met my mom was planning on going to a commune um, somewhere Southwest, I believe, New Mexico. And you were supposed to um, be a vegetarian and not drink or do drugs. So that's what happened, what he was planning on doing right before he met my mom. So everything he did was very like cognizant, like, you know, definitely pulled away from that Polish Catholic upbringing. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And then my mom grew up quite differently. Um, her parents kind of didn't care a whole lot what she did. And she, by choice, went to Catholic school um, or Catholicism, I guess. So it wasn't part of school, but like an additional class. And um, and so she was always sort of searching for something. But uh, that, that wasn't exactly it. She ended up having my brothers when she was quite young. And she moved out west with her first husband. Um, and, uh, so they moved out West, you know, somewhere like originally they were, I think she said they were bathing in the river and washing the cloth diapers there <laughs> before <laughs> they went and settled and found a house in Grand Junction. So, um, I think that just sort of suited her a lot more. Um, and, and then when they came together back in Chicago, um, you know, my mom was like, Hey. You know, are you going to go down Southwest or are you going to stay here? And my dad, you know, was just like, I'm going to stay. And um, and they ended up having three more kids together. Their, their world sort of meshed. My mom always ate meat. I mean, originally my mom was eating spam when she met my dad. And mm -hmm. she said she didn't know that you didn't have to eat meat. And when dad showed her that, like her whole world changed because she said she just never enjoyed it in the first place. So he was on his way to a commune and then settled with your mom. And do you think he sort of still carried on some of the mm, ideals that he was hoping to live with in the commune? Sure. Like it's, yeah. 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 I remember him reading books, you know, and so he's very much. I think still today very much atheist, whereas my mom says she's agnostic. But I remember him reading books and, you know, asking questions. And, you know, I, I think he has um, I, I, this might be too harsh, but I'll say disdain for organized religion. And so he I think instilled that a bit in us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not all yeah. of us, but, you know, in some form to question the organization of religion. Yeah. Were there things in terms of their style, clothing they wore or cars they drove that would kind of label them as hippies? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, my dad has long hair or he did up until about 10 years ago, long hair, a beard, you know, mustache, you know, kind of always coming out of his ponytail or my mom would braid it sometimes and, um, you know, jeans and a t-shirt. Um, he is a carpenter. So, you know, he didn't have to wear any business clothes. I remember actually, I think the first time we bought him a suit was for my oldest brother's wedding. I remember going mm. shopping and he didn't own a suit. And then my mom, um, I think she got married in jeans with holes in them. <laughs> <laughs> and she has long hair and then I didn't get a haircut until I was 12 years old and my sister I said she was in high school before she got a haircut so haircuts were not mandatory even for my brothers do you remember wanting a haircut or was that you were not something you were aware of no I wanted it I asked my mom I really wanted to get my haircut and I was so excited actually I must have been 11 I think it was right before we left Chicago and uh, I asked for it. And then by chance, I made it into school late the next day. You know, my hair was always all the way down to my bottom and um, not even trimmed. She didn't even trim the hair. 
And mm-hmm. so my hair was cut up to my shoulders the next day. And I got to make this um, sort of an entrance because I was late to school. And I just remember um, that my my friend sitting next to me, his eyes and mouth was like really big. Just like, <laughs> oh, my God, you got a haircut. Is there is there a saying that you remember your parents talking about that you can kind of that you think you kind of grew up hearing a lot? I mean, we really, you know, generally had a bunch of free will. (laughs) And I felt Mm -hmm. like that's what made our lives more hippie than anything. I don't know the, you know, we weren't forced to, you know, do extracurricular activities. We could do them if we wanted to. I'm not saying other kids are forced, but, you know, we just weren't, you know, scheduled. What would you say was the most challenging aspect of your childhood the free will. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, when I was younger, you know, our schools were super close by. And, um, you know, being in Chicago, and we had friends right near us. Um, and, you know, my parents had goals, and they worked on their goals, and we sort of worked on our goals. And then they moved us to Virginia in the middle of nowhere, where we originally had a quarter mile driveway. And we're supposed to take care of um, two donkeys and a mule. <laughs> and we're like, what? It was, it was definitely a culture shock. So I'd say right there, turning from 11 to 12 was like the most culture shock of it all. And um, we eventually moved somewhere with a half mile driveway. So, you know, and then. That, that first place, I had over an hour-long bus ride to school. I mean, we were just sort of in the middle of nowhere. It was almost like a fog. What was the thing that you liked most about your childhood? We had, um, you know, just really wonderful family get-togethers. I mean, my aunts and uncles lived close by on both sides, and um, my parents really had made a big deal out of everything. Like Easter was a huge deal. Again, not religious, but we celebrate everything. It was more of the fun of it. Christmas, you know, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, they just sort of kept that magic and spirit alive. Um, oh, and we, we would travel out west um, in the summer, so they bought an RV. You can imagine flying anywhere with that many kids wasn't really in the cards. And um, Mm -hmm. I loved it. We'd go hiking and, you know, swimming in lakes. And Let's jump into or shift gears into talking about what your current lifestyle is like. Yeah. So where, where are you living now? I'm in uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. It's actually right next to Charleston. It's in Charleston County. And can you talk a little bit about what kind of work you do and just how you feel that you're influenced from your childhood or not, things that you've kept and things that you're consciously doing differently? Um. Well, I am a massage therapist and I really focused on a lot of pain relief initially, which I do, but then about nine years ago or so ago, I got introduced into Reiki, which is energy healing, and um, it just resonated with me. Uh, I I felt like I just kept growing emotionally and physically, um, 
And I guess spiritually, that's always been a bit odd for me because I think I was atheist most of my life. And now I channel energy to help people heal physical, mental, emotional, spiritual issues. Um, And, you know, people come to me for spiritual advice and I read spiritual books nearly on a daily basis. I just got a new book yesterday and I was like a kid, you know, with my book in the mail. I was like, I got it. Mm-hmm. And it's the mental, um, emotional connection to physical pain. And so, um, I don't know, sometimes it's like one foot in what, where I grew up, you know, but I, I think I'm sort of moving away from, <laughs> I, I think you could say I've definitely moved away from being an atheist, <laughs> but I also, um, do not believe that um, organized religion um, is the answer for most people because they shut out the possibilities of what the universe has to offer, which is just immense and beyond our wildest dreams for the most part. And how are you raising your daughters? I expect a lot from them. I think, you know, sometimes I have to be like, she's only five, you know, what, what is a five-year-old supposed to do? But, you know, I, I expect a lot of autonomy, I guess. But at the same time, when I see that, you know, something isn't working, I try and say, do you need a hug? Because I find that hugs help a lot. We, we hug and snuggle. I try and bring them outdoors. My, my um, goal for this year is just to be outdoors as much as possible. Um, and I love that. I think it feels right. I think, you know, we need that energy of the earth. What do you think today's equivalent would be for the hippie lifestyle back in the seventies? Um, I think it's probably similar to, you know, a certain, certain group of friends I have. I think they're cognizant of our effects on the earth. Um, and how to not deteriorate further um, any harm we've done. And I, I really think being conscious of the harm we're doing to animals is um, needs to be in the forefront, but isn't always in the forefront. Even my clothes choice, you know, I'm just ready to start buying from eco-friendly places, you know, every chance I get or from, you know, a great consignment store, you know, I just see no reason in doing um, more harm. Would you still consider your parents hippies? For sure. (laughs) Yes. You know, I think the capitalistic society sometimes takes over all of our brains. And I think that's one thing that is probably not congruent with what you consider a hippie. But at the same time, I guess, you know, make money and then share the wealth with those, you know, that you want to share it with and do more good. So why not? (laughs) I think that's it. I think I I always want to find the positive twist. I love having you on this and reconnecting with you after all these years. So thank you so much. And I have one more question for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, So what would have you wanted your parents to know back then that you know now? Oh, that, you know, each of your children are going to turn out remarkably well. And you're going to have beautiful grandchildren. 
and that you guys love each other more than ever. Always. I love that you're doing this. I think it's beautiful. I think it was a, just again, I think I mentioned maybe once, like it felt funny to be like perceive my life that way. But at the same time, the more I talk about it, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. So, so thank you. It, it was really fun going back and thinking about, um, you know, the different things that shaped me and my family and why my parents got where they are today. Um, so thank you. Mm, you're so welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Hippie Hood podcast. If you yourself had a hippie hood and would call yourself a 70s baby, early 80s child, please get in touch. We'd love to hear your story. You can follow us on Instagram at My Hippie Hood.